the dragons of Rixia, were an anatomically diverse and socially complex part of Rixian life before the Great Disappearance, when they and the world saints vanished after a climactic battle against an evil group of dragons attempting to control the fate of the world. Though he died centuries ago, Zjornas the Halcyon Worm remains one of the most remembered and revered dragons for both his awe-inspiring power and his great deeds. He, like all dragons, continued growing until his demise and was hailed as one of the largest dragons in recorded history, rivaling even the great worms that fought the saints and dragonkind. While he could have easily imposed his will upon the lands he resided in, he instead served as a staunch defender and devoted peacekeeper, often bringing mortal civilizations together for summits to solve their quabbles. He patrolled the skies of the Emerald Range and surrounding plains for centuries, until he was slain by a large massing of Dragonkind's ancestral foes, giants. Still, tales say he fought so fiercely that day that the assembled giant army was broken and left the area. What is claimed to be his skull now resides in the Red City of Agmar as a sort of trophy, but founding Pentarchy members were never transparent about how they acquired such an artifact. Some even treat traveling to witness the giant skull as a sort of pilgrimage, with several religious groups viewing it as a relic. An excerpt from Worms of the World, a Draconic History, translated to Sismari for the illustrious Atheum. What's up, everybody? Hey, oh, hello. Hey. Oh, we just jumped right in there. Yeah. Wow. So what? <laughs> <laughs> Sophie sat stock still yeah. and just like processing it, and then wow. wow. Well, she had to wait till the lull. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to Reckless Attack. That was a weird way to start. If this is your first episode jumping in, but it's episode like forty-seven or whatever. So you know, at least do some some of our tales still told. If you're confused, uh, I I. I'm your dungeon master, Nathan. We are, in fact, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Also, I guess that's useful information if this is also somehow still your first episode (laughs) and you haven't already turned back. But also, so it goes. Welcome regardless. We always, for those who, this hypothetical new listener, we always start out by introducing ourselves and our players. So first of all, please, if you could introduce yourself, person I am pointing to on this audio medium. Absolutely. Hello, and welcome to Reckless Attack. I am Jonathan, and I played... <laughs> and I am a Dungeons and Dragons. I, I am a Dungeons and Dragons. I, I, am, I am a 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. <laughs> Jonathan, who plays Checkers, the Grung Druid. <laughs> who plays Reckless Attack. Attack. A, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. And 
Checkers is having really just the time of his life after learning that books in the library of Agmar get reshelved and just start flying all over the place. Yeah, it's like a magic carpet, but yeah, yeah. more literary. Right, right. I so, mean, it's a whole new world. Yeah, yeah. the library is just an obstacle course. Like, yeah. It's great. <laughs> so uh, Val may find that Checkers will be spending a lot more time in the library. I hope everybody has a library. library of video game coming. <laughs> yeah, right, coming soon. Checkers can spend all the time he wants there. Listeners, just imagine <laughs> when Checkers does something against the rules of the library. Something Checkersy, if you will. Imagine <laughs> a stern and purposeful Andromeda Ooh. chasing him down. Ooh, that's throughout very accurate. The, the, <laughs> the stacks of the library. Uh, if and that might not even be the worst thing chasing checkers yeah. in that, that magical library. <laughs> Can't tell if this is a good thing or a bad thing. But to my right, <laughs> hi everyone. I'm Sophie, and I play Velasca Carter. The human asterisk cleric of the Arcana domain and man checkers. <laughs> Please do something wrong in the library. I really, I really want to drop it to, to hunt checkers. <laughs> I want that battle scene. Val will not help checkers. No, whatsoever. maybe hinder checkers. Yeah. In fact. yeah, Val will side with the library. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and across the table for me. Hi everyone. My name is Steve, and I am playing Zelv Asterlin, the dragonborn monk who is looking forward to seeing the punishment for doing bad stuff in yeah. the library, <laughs> is to become the new uh, Serval Rentado. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I don't know if I want the, checkers with that the last, the last person yeah. <laughs> to do something wrong at the library. Mm. Uh, truth be told, I have a one of those... NPC backstories that is unnecessarily rich for Serval Rentado, and it just <laughs> hasn't come up yet. And I am very excited for the day where it definitely, definitely will. And uh, to my right. Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock, in Reckless Attack, the Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition horror podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, we've got spiders chasing people down. We've got weird mushroom people with teeth. Like, I don't know what else to say. Frog about heads this. and jars. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I mean, come on. It's very spooky. Let's just lean Dr- into Dragonborn it. and turtles laughing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last we left our heroes, they had successfully found out, hey, we now have access to the Agmar Library to conduct, we'll say, we will just kind of use the blanket term, conduct research, he said with air quotes, in the restricted section of the library, which has been sealed off for decades. And also, at the same time, you have found out from the magical Minotaur Granik the hypothetical meeting place, we'll say, for Lorana Moonglove, an ex-lover of his who also happens to be a phenomenally powerful magic user who might be able to help you with kind of the other side of this equation for helping out, again, the bones. But the exact location is a little mysterious, uh, largely because Granik is not able to tell you where to go. (laughs) The best he could offer you was a riddle that was spoken through him in Lorana's voice that was a little cryptic and could be interpreted a lot of different ways. And you guys decided on a particular course of action that Granik mostly confirmed as much as he was able to without uh, hot searing pain. So... While the guild and Garnack were in the map room discussing the riddle 
of the location, Val knowing different languages and knowing that Garnick described Lorana as somebody who is very close with nature, thinks that the world's ladders are a naturally occurring uh, landmark, let's say. And so Val thinks that they should head west, almost directly west, to a road that goes between two mountains, like two groupings of mountains, but also potentially two very large trees on the landscape. So Val proposed that to the group, and we all think that's a pretty good place to head. And that brings us close to the deep wood and a very large, one of the trees, the giant, giant tree, looks to have a city on it, and I feel like we should stop there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And Kaskrin, as you're describing this location, brings it up on the holographic map inside of the map room. Almost directly west of the city of Agmar, there are a number of hills, a number of forests to be walked through, as we've done already in service of the bones. But beyond that, there is more mountainous terrain. And it seems that the two pillars that you were describing, the two mountains, are much further to the west than we've ever gone before. Right around there, and perhaps the first good stopping point in this journey, is, and he zooms in on the map, a location called the Deep Wood, like you said. And on the map, there is kind of like this giant, almost holographic treehouse that (laughs) appears Mm -hmm. as he's looking towards this. And then kind of keeps scrolling along the road or the somewhat trail that happens to be there into the world beyond. And so it kind of looks like in order to get to the first part of this riddle, walk between the world's ladders, we'll have to head west. And that should likely take us to Deepwood as the first stopping point. So I am imagining that you guys are kind of going over this and Granite kind of tells you guys like this is kind of as much as I know at this point and so wouldn't re- actually genuinely would not have much more help to offer you guys other than confirming like that that feels like the right spot for you to go so Kaskrin finally centers the map on the western part of Agmar the area that we're going to be traveling around in and He lets out a heavy sigh as he kind of inspects the terrain and starts assessing the options that we have. To get to Deepwood, to get to that point, it's going to be eight days travel at least. And that's if we're we're moving dangerously, if we're going to be taken um, traveling through the hills and the forests. Garnak, how long did you say we have until we meet Lorana? Twelve days is what you have, so... If your math's right, you'll have two days to figure out where you need to go after Deepwood if you go by road, or you'll have four days if you go into the wilds, assuming it doesn't slow you down. Uh, that's not much time at all. And he kind of looks to everyone. The roads are the safer path, but it's going to take us ten days to get there if we take them. If we trek through the forests, it's going to be eight days, but obviously... Who knows what could be out there. And it gives us either two days or, or four days once we hit Deepwood to figure out the rest of this riddle. We still have to find the Lone Island Grave 
the ruins of old, and then finally, where Hawk of the Land extends its wings. So, Deepwood will not be our final destination. We should, we should reach out to the Bones and see if any of them are able to come with us. It would make the overland travel safer. That's true. We could use their aura. The non-road travel safer. It also might be good to see if we could take a broken band with us. Yeah, you definitely should. Yeah. Just to see if we can start the process when we get there. I might be outnumbered here, but I don't really want to take the road. It doesn't sound very fun. (laughs) I have to agree with Checkers on this one. Not for that reason. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear. But we still don't know where Lorana's finally going to be. I mean, I mean, yeah, we need all the time we can get <laughs> to figure out what the rest of this riddle is, so we better uh, be fast about it. No, I'll, I want to try through the forest. Sounds fun. <laughs> uh, I w- agree the forest is the faster route, but that is dependent on us navigating correctly. Though the road is slower, we are assured we will get to our destination. If a member of the Bones goes with us, then I say we should definitely go overland and not the road to get there faster. Do the Bones always know where Agmar is? Based off of your limited travel with them, yes. But you don't know if that's like an, like you could pluck, you teleport them across the world and then be like, well, yeah, Agmar's that I, way. I'm know? mostly just wondering if they always know like... Angmar's that way, like behind us. So they well, but that's what I mean, though. Yeah. Is like if you if you drop them on the other side of the world, spin them around seven times, and then like close their eyes. <laughs> yeah, and have I don't. Them point. don't they could have a range of like, right. There five, might be a range of like, efficacy, five hundred miles, and they'll know. Yeah, you guys have only been like a day ish away from Agmar Max. You like half day travel. So we'll stop at the bones if they can come with us. Overland travel for sure. So Catherine's been talking with Vina and has been in communication with Nam over the past couple of weeks. And I think one thing he would have picked up is, like, what is the actual range of the patrols outside of the city's walls? Yeah. So that's a more complicated answer now than it was previously. Yeah. Uh, previously, the mortal patrols were very, very close. They really kept to the walls and just a little bit beyond and the bones were the ones who went very far out, like upwards of like a day or two. But in the last couple of weeks, with the attack that you guys witnessed, they are bringing them pretty much all much, much closer. They're still going on some patrols, but it's it's a little bit more mixed and a lot closer. So like Agmar used to have kind of tendrils out a couple days and now it's like a couple hours that they're kind of extending their reach to. And we we still have to go get the staff and find out what that does. Uh, because true. that that could be... Oh, yeah. <laughs> if oh, we're yeah. going out, yeah, that, I, I want to do that before we actually leave. Kaskrin kind of turns back around from the map. Then I think we know what we need to do, at least for a little bit. Let's get ready to... Leave the city of Agmar for a while, make any final preparations, and then see if we can get a member of the Bones to come with us. Make the trip a little bit safer. Are you guys planning on leaving today? Or are you setting out first thing in the morning? 
And I'm fine with kind of, you guys have known you would be traveling for like a week now, basically. Like, you know, Granek kind of reached out to you for several days ago, told you, hey, I'm going to get more info. You're going to have to travel. So I am f- totally fine with absolutely hand waving. Like, you not need to spend today like packing or getting rations <laughs> together or anything along that line. I'm assuming all of that is either done or done extremely quickly. I think it depends on a couple things. Number one, if the Bones is going with, when they will be ready to go. Like if 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 the person they don't need to pack up. Well, but, <laughs> yeah, right. if, they, if, if, if the person they're sending is out on patrol for the next day and won't be back till tomorrow, then sure. you know, there's that. And um, if the if the staff has been identified or if he needs an extra day to do that, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Cool. Uh, I have a dumb question. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Would it make sense for us to pack up tonight and then leave at night? Hmm. Um. To what end? Because we only we only have twelve days, and it feels like if we sleep, we're gonna have eleven days. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, any amount of hours that you can put on the road is always cumulatively good, and it's still pretty early in the day. So I would say I think that makes sense. It's more dangerous. Remember the you don't want to be out here at night. Right, but, but like if we have patrols out a couple hours, maybe there's like a spot next to the forest that we can sleep and save a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a reasonable. I think that's a reasonable consideration. Yeah. Um, okay. So sorry, I am going through random inventory things, but um, nice. please note that Val and Berga have been packing for days, and that <laughs> is why we have been making homemade granola bars because. Wouldn't you know it, everyone has a customized granola bar for your preferences. Dietary needs. Dietary needs. This is the depth of comfort that Val would like to provide because the forest is garbage. <laughs> uh, correct. And Casquin has 100% been providing feedback. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. It's a little too chewy. It's like, ah, oh, this is going to break my teeth. Mm-hmm. When I go out adventuring, I always carry with me a self bar. Yeah. <laughs> so Everything a growing dragon board needs. <laughs> uh, I think anyone could go visit Azan's shop to figure that out. Uh, obviously, Casquin has the closest relationship, but he would know any of you guys could come swing by and pick it up would have no problem. And then you could probably even just go to the bones if you wanted to on the way out of the city or close to the, on your way out of the city or just now where it's like, all right, a couple people stay back, make sure the backpacks are together. One of us goes here. Yes. One of us goes there. We meet back and kind of make a decision from there. That is my vote. Mm-hmm. Split the party. Split the party. <laughs> yeah, where it's relatively it's a, safe. Yeah. I was saying yeah. the walls in the red, in the, you know, the red city, uh, who's going where? I kind of want to go to the Zon. Yeah. But I was, I was thinking Cass would probably come with, or unless you want to go to the Bones. Like, Val can go by herself. It's just. Yeah. I. I was probably not going to go to the Zons. Okay. Just because you get Gabin, and then suddenly two hours yeah, have gone I won't by. Yeah, I'm able to get you out of there, right. actually. <laughs> yeah. Just, you don't have the gold to spend right now. It is on. <laughs> He's going to try and sell you something. You're going to come back with a snowflake yeah. <laughs> or a snow globe. Uh, Catherine's instead going to head to the bazaar and try to make some final preparations. See what else he can pick up. Checkers will probably spend the rest of the day hanging out with Etris and just letting him know that we're going on a little bit of a trip and collecting some final supplies and uh, just say, hi, uh, we'll see you soon. (laughs) Perfect. 
Um, so you go over and we'll handle each of these individually. And just because it's right there, you go over and visit Etris, the potion smith for the Golden Tree Adventuring Guild. You knock on the door. Knock, knock, knock. Etris, <laughs> hey, Etris. You okay in there? Clank. <laughs> rattle, rattle. Door slams open. <laughs> hey. And it's the classic kind of like Etris, the tall, lanky individual, looks like at eye, at his eye level uh-huh. and then slowly pans down and is like, ah! <laughs> I think when he opens the door, it would actually just be Mango's uh, head right <laughs> in front of the little uh, door thing. And then Checkers kind of like leans down and is like, hey, Etris, uh, good news. We're leaving. Uh oh. Uh, when you say we, is that like a we all like? Or we have? Is this like are we evacuating kind of situation? <laughs> I will. I can pack up quick if I have to. It will be messy. No, no, nothing like that. Uh, so the four of us. Uh, you don't have to come with us. But the four of us are going on an adventure, and we found this riddle from a minotaur named Garnak, and he's leading us to his. Well, Garnak's uh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 cool. But he's leading us to a spooky moving castle. It sounds like. I wasn't really clear on that one, but uh, we got to be there in two weeks, so we're gonna go. Where his ex girlfriend lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds quite like a fantastical journey. Can I interest you in a couple of potations for <laughs> where you're going? Yeah, actually, that's what I'm here for. Are they just elixirs that like that potatoes have been soaking in? <laughs> uh, and that's how would, you eat he them. Cannot tell you. Is the base just like? Vodka. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He is like by guild rules is not allowed to tell you the deep secrets. You guys talk talk through the stuff. The main things that he has because it is kind of like again mm-hmm. you've been telling him enough. Like we might be leaving at any point. Uh, but the main things you get are two more potions of healing and a potion of greater healing. Ooh, ooh that wow. he is able to provide for you, which is both, which is pretty good. Oh, wow. Thanks, Edris. This is great. And he then looks at you very seriously with a look that I feel like he and Checkers have shared a few times. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I do actually have one more thing. Wow. You have uh, something else, huh? <laughs> you, guys, you guys turn into like, we're, ooh, we're on the down low. We're doing yeah, something sneaky. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he says, uh, Checkers like looks around and sees Val is, is out and about. <laughs> Initiates the cone of silence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know you're you're a more diminutive fellow, but have you ever wanted to be more so? <laughs> well, I never thought about it like that. Have you ever wanted to have someone else be more so? Ooh. Now that sounds fun. He reaches back without breaking eye contact. Mm-hmm. And just like rattles around and clearly what he's reaching for was not where he thought it was <laughs> and just knocks over a few things very coolly and then slowly brings back a hand and just hands you a very small vial of mm-hmm. uh, of something kind of like oily but mm. clear seeming. And he just holds his hand out and he says, now, now be be careful. It's uh, it's. It's not. I wouldn't say explosively volatile, mm. but it is volatile. Um, and you want to make sure that you do it at the right time. Mm, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. 
It's a potion of diminuate. Dim, di, di, whoa. <laughs> I don't think that is spelled right on the thing on the website that I'm looking at. Mm. Uh, a potion of getting smaller mm. is actually what it's labeled, according mm. to Etris. When you drink this potion, you gain the reduce effect of the enlarge reduce spell for 1d4 hours. <laughs> no concentration required. <laughs> and Checker just like pulls Junior out of his hat and just like looks at him and looks at the potion <laughs> and just goes, hmm. All right, Etris. Good stuff. I will also say, uh, Checkers, now that everyone else is sort of gone from the guild hall, Checkers would spend the rest of his afternoon uh, over at Hody's pen, just like petting Hody for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I totally thought you were going to go into all of our rooms and rearrange yeah. stuff yeah. Or, or like swap rooms. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's for later in the afternoon. Spend, but for right now, he's just like, he doesn't like people to be around when he does this, but sometimes he just goes over there and just like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Like he's doing something sneaky, yeah. but it's just, it's just petting Hody. Yeah. <laughs> she is very thrilled, but she's, you know, she's cool about it. She mm-hmm. like, she gets your energy where it's just like, oh, we're not, you know, this isn't a time to bray. Mm-hmm. This is this is a we're having a moment here together. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Um eat, eat bray love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Episode title? <laughs> and then he goes around to Sel's room and just like kind of rearranges his little <laughs> <laughs> And now a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words... Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength and diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hey everyone, Jonathan here with the mid-roll. If you're looking for the hottest frog memes around, join the Reckless Attack community on Discord. You can find a link to it in the show notes of our latest episodes or on our website, recklessattack.com. Want to support the show? Tell a friend or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash recklessattack, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback show as well as our new Reckless of Snacks series, where we eat snacks, hang out, and just talk about whatever's on our mind. Thanks so much for listening to us, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Who is heading over to Azan's? Just Val, I believe. Okay. And who is going over to the Bones? Uh, That would be Self. Self, you approach the kind of, again, dingy, dusty, dirty without being dirty kind of farm mansion 
that is the Bones headquarters on the outskirts of the city. You can see that there is a degree of activity. What is different this time, you see actually that there are a couple of town guardsmen who are standing nearby. Like a handful, actually, of guards who are there in kind of full, full, um, uh, out their outfit? I don't know. <laughs> regalia. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, regalia yeah. seemed a little too fancy, yeah, but yeah. you get what I mean. Are armed and uh, have their leathers li- li- on. Livery. Exactly. Um, who are standing there, who give you a nod as you approach. But otherwise, it seems to be kind of just another another day. Okay. You are greeted by a member of the Bones who you probably have not met yet, who uh, kind of nods and gets up and says, um, Hello, what can I... Uh, what can I do for you, Selvastrelin? Uh, is the fortunate available? Yes. Yes, I believe the fortunate is around. If possible, I would like to speak with them. Should only be a few minutes. Yes, one moment, please. Thank you. It takes a minute or two, because when the fortunate exits, they are actually carrying another member of the Bones. And it is the stone who is still wrapped up in the net that you guys provided for him to kind of continue to sustain themselves while they are trying to contain their magics. And the fortunate, with seemingly very little, if any, effort, is carrying this other large armor-clad individual just kind of on their backs and kind of waves over to yourself and just says, uh, Good morning. How are you today? I am well. Um... Good. How are things going here? And I'll just kind of like gesture at the the stone. The stone kind of like can't move, but just kind of clears his throat a little bit, which is weird for a skeleton. And you can see the fortunate almost roll their eyes and kind of like nudges one of his arms as kind of a wave over (laughs) to you. And just is like so already regretting their decision to bring the stone out. And the fortunate's like, yeah, it's going... It's going fine. You know, just same old, same old for the most part. It's a little tough right now. We're not able to go very far. And the, uh, well, no one likes being around untethered, including us. Understandable. I do have a bit of um, good news. Uh, we can walk and talk if you would like, if there's some place you need to be. The fortunate starts to say, Oh, no, that's... And the stone's like, that sounds like a great idea. Please, let us walk together. (laughs) And you can almost, like, imperceptibly, only probably self, with his perception and insight, could see the fortunate's shoulders slump just a tiny bit. You start walking. There's actually a lovely farmer's pond that you can walk towards. And the stone says, what good news do you have for us today, self? We were able to get a lead on someone that might be able to help with them. Retethering. Unfortunately, it is a long and dangerous journey to meet with this person, and I was wondering and hoping if any members of the Bones would be willing to take the trip with us. The Fortunate doesn't stop walking, but kind of... They are a weirdly slouchy undead centurion, Hmm. and kind of straightens up a little bit at that. And says, well, um, according to the city council, we are 
supposed to supposed to stay close to the city, limit our patrols, and ensure that nothing else happens. So, officially, we cannot. When did you say you were leaving? Well, um, it would be soon. Uh, any time between now and tonight. Well, that's very interesting. I'll have to speak to the S.H.I.E.L.D., of course. But I am... I think I'm scheduled for a patrol. Or maybe I'm scheduled to fill in for someone else's patrol. I'll be out of the city tonight. Well, if you would like to accompany us for as far as you are able... What direction are you going? We will be heading initially west. You know, it's really interesting you mention that. I am also initially going west. Ah, excellent. This is why the fortunate's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) What a uh, happy coincidence. Yeah, Yeah, correct. (laughs) And they just kind of look at you and kind of just like nod and say, "Um, I'll be ready. I mean, I will, I'll walk with you. It's nice to have company on patrols. I was scheduled to be a solo patrol today. Well, then we should accompany each other and enjoy our each other's company. <laughs> I agree. Just swing by and let me know. We will definitely do that. The stone kind of like clears his throat again. Again, it's not a good sound. It's a bad sound. It is not natural. I feel like it's like rattling a little yeah, bit. Exactly. Yeah. It is distressing. <laughs> For as like relatively nice spirited as the stone is, it is not good. <laughs> it is bad. The fortunate steps a little closer to you with the stone still on their back. And the stone clearly like again, it can't look at you, but says you guilders are a fascinating group. Thank you for your help. You are quite welcome. Do you know why we are named the way we are named? Well, the, the I mean, um, the bones are, um, uh, well... Is it rude <laughs> to say that you're a living skeleton? That, that you are that, the that. <laughs> and he says, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, why, how each of us, uh, members of the bones are named? No, I am not aware. When we awoke, we had no names. I have heard that before there were names, but they were utilitarian, we'll say. And so we had to create our own names. Not many people ask us about them, but they are... How do I say it? We all have things that interest us. We the Bones. This one clearly meaning the fortunate, not able to gesture to the fortunate, I suppose. Well, I, I guess his head would kind of... <laughs> you, you should ask them about what they enjoy while you're out on your patrols. I think you will find it very amusing. And then, like, once again, you can see the fortunate's shoulders, like, slump just a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would um, consider myself fortunate to find out. Uh, at that, the fortunate turns around and starts walking back <laughs> and does not answer you. <laughs> we need the armor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. 
One, one more thing. <laughs> Fortunate stops without turning around. In order for um, us to help, we will need, if possible, uh, one of the broken armbands, or as many as you can spare. They kind of, like, raise their hand in, like, yep, you got it. I'll grab them. Very well. I'll see you tonight. Just walks off. <laughs> <laughs> will you? Regretting, <laughs> regretting their decisions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to Azan's shop. A little bell dings as the door opens. And I don't know if you have been there yet, Valeska, but you see much in the same that any audience member was or anyone who has been there. It is still the same shop. Sometimes the the wares change, but it is still kind of its surprisingly small, quaint, shelf-filled room. I was a little worried you were going to say, welcome to Azan's newly furnished crater. Yeah. <laughs> After identifying the staff. Luckily, no. <laughs> And after a what feels like a dramatically appropriate amount of time, as mm-hmm. opposed to a snappy customer service amount of time, you see uh, behind the kind of window and counter that is there, you see a curtain fly open and says, hello, welcome to Azan's magical show. Ah, hello, Valeska. How are you today? I am doing quite well, Azan, and... May I say, I hope your day gets a little better as Val presents a box from Torts and Ports, as Cass has specifically instructed her to get for Azan. And she she puts it on the counter for him. And Azan, like, extends one pointer finger and touches the top of the box and then slides the box very (laughs) slowly over to him, making direct eye contact with you. Mm -hmm. He says... If Kaskrin told you to give me one of those, you must want something. What is it that you want? What? <laughs> please be gentle in your haggling. <laughs> I am I am a mere businessman, and I have a weakness for pastry and for do-gooders. What can I do for you? Well, Azan, you know me, and the thing I seek most is knowledge. I do know that about you. Mm-hmm. Hoping you could tell me a little about, about that staff we dropped off. And he like This is Val trying to get into yeah. her like <laughs> channeling cast <laughs> And and at like yeah. he is Th- three hours later we're all waiting by the, <laughs> waiting by the, bones, the bones headquarters. Like, Damn it, like, Azan got another hell. one. Yeah. <laughs> Where is she? Yeah. Uh and just for a moment, there's like as you mentioned that, there is a just a little crack in the facade of Azan. He quickly recovers. And says, ah, of course. Uh, well, I mean, if you want to get to that, that's fine. But, I mean, we have all this this excellent merchandise out here. And, and oh, have we, did Kaskrin tell you about the snow globe? Yes. The snow globe is infamous. And, unfortunately, not the thing we need at this moment. <sighs> but. someone is Someone is going to come in and take that one day. And you will regret it. I will not hold it against you. But. I don't. I do not like to see friends in pain. I, David, am sitting here on the side and I'm just like, but the snow globe. <laughs> no, Velasco. You, you know, you know that we're gonna figure out this whole armband thing, and it's like the only missing ingredient yeah, key was the snow globe. It's such a good which, deal, which just got sold. Yeah. No. Um, I am never one to pass up. Good merchandise. It's all good merchandise. Mm-hmm. I expect nothing but the best quality when I step into this store. I it's appreciate only the best quality. <laughs> uh, 
But I cannot concentrate unless I have some tidbits. And sensing that he may not be making a sale yet. <laughs> it's he, not a no. It's right, a later. It's a not now. And he, he, is a, he is a savvy enough. He's, you know, he's in more in the relationship business, you know. And he, uh, he just kind of nods and kind of holds up a finger and says, oh, one moment, one moment. And the curtain reopens. You cannot see into the back room. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and anyone who will, like peruse the shelves. Yeah, she, she she would consider it rude to try to peer behind the curtain. That makes total sense. And Cashgrin, if you would have ever tried to look back with dark vision, you could not see through. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. It is just like opens into a black void, <laughs> <laughs> and he steps through and is gone. You can hear things. You know, mm-hmm. he's clearly still back there. And after just a little bit of time, you see the curtain kind of wave back open and he's holding the staff, Mm -hmm. but is actually holding it in a cloth. Okay. You can still see it. It is like unwrapped and that kind of stuff. And he places the cloth out underneath this staff, Mm -hmm. which again, it was the staff that the creature who was controlling the bones was using that had some sort of crystal atop it that shattered once it broke mm-hmm. and seemed to be at minimum some sort of strange focus for it where it played otherworldly sounds to fuel its power. I uh, I will not say that this is, it is not the most powerful thing I have seen. I wouldn't even call it the rarest thing. What I would call it is the strangest thing. Interesting. I traffic in many magics and, and in many constructions and many, there are so many ways to funnel, to channel, to accentuate magic. Mm-hmm. And this is none of them. Huh. None that I know. And I know most of them. Mm-hmm. This creature, and, and he, he actually goes under his table, like underneath his counter and pulls open a small notebook that maybe he was t- even taking notes with as you guys were kind of talking and going over it and he's kind of like running his fingers down and referencing his observations, what you said, talking about this and looking at you, and he says whatever creature this was and you can tell he's struggling mm-hmm Whatever made this, and maybe whatever creature was wielding it, did not make it using anything I've ever seen. And not just materials, because I do not know what these materials are. Hmm. But the style, if that makes sense. Do you know, do you know any, any maker speak? Yes, I do. I am fluent in maker speak, in all of them, all the variations, all the regionals, regional dialects, even words of, of old maker speak, mm-hmm. and many other arcane languages. And it's like this has no root in any of these languages. Really? It is not, I do not like saying what I am about to say. And I trust you as a scholar will interpret it accordingly. This has not been made according to any Rixian techniques, standards, 
or materials that I have ever seen. Fascinating. And frustrating. Believe me, I agree. But interesting. I've been able to tell a few magical properties. It certainly seems to harmonize with magic in an interesting way, and in a way that sort of applies, I think, Mm -hmm. to most magical applications I was able to provide to it. But what is most interesting is this crystal at the top, and he kind of gestures to the little bit of remnants at the top. Mm -hmm. And he says, I am, it is very difficult for me to say. And I do not like guessing, Mm -hmm. because guessing when dealing with magic gets you killed. And I like to live. Mm -hmm. But because you are friends and because I trust that a member of the illustrious Atheum Mm -hmm. will take this with as much salt as she can find Mm -hmm. and as a place to ask more questions. Mm -hmm. I think that this crystal helped tether a creature here. And I think that it breaking means one of two things. It is either no longer tethered here, or it is still tethered here. Hmm. So it is either long gone, or it is not. Mm-hmm. Now, If you ask me what to do with it, and of course it is your property, I was merely a surveyor, a scholar. I would bury this. Bury it, you say? I am glad you came by. I have many precautions that I take here in my shop, for I traffic in dangerous items. Mm -hmm. I do not know what will happen if this staff is allowed to exist. Hmm. But I also do not know what would happen if you tried to destroy it. Yes. If I were you, I would take a lot of precautions to hide this away, whatever that means. I do not know your resources. I do not know your ambitions. I will be glad to not have it in my shop any longer. Well, I, I thank you for all this information, Azan. I definitely need to go further down and ask more questions. There are many questions still. And, of course, I would be happy to continue to help answer those questions for, of course, a modest consultant fee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I think it is safe to transport, but I, I would caution against overuse, shall we say. Or any use. Of the staff? Yes. Ah, yes. At least until certain questions are answered, particularly questions around that. And he points to the crystal, Mm -hmm. this broken crystal that was destroyed when you defeated this creature. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you giving us all this information. Of course. Now on lighter notes. Do you have anything for overland travel? And we can, like, fade into black at this point, Perfect. but uh, <laughs> we do have a lot of guild gold. Mm-hmm. We can, we can shop off screen. Yeah. Great. David, Kaskarin is doing some last-minute shopping. 
what is on his to-do list? So Kaskrin has been traveling to the bazaar to pick up some final things for Berga, for Valeska, notably heavy things. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And he has brought a friend with him today. Uh, if it's okay, Mango has been traveling with him uh, <laughs> for the rest of this morning to help him carry things, but also because uh, Mango is a good boy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. And Kashkin would like to hang out with him. Correct. I think, yeah, after after Etris's journey, uh, Checkers and Mango would have probably gone their separate ways, and that Checkers would have spent some time just rearranging things in the guild hall, <laughs> and, and Mango would have gone off to who knows where, but as it turns out, uh, he was with Checkers. Just, to, was, just yeah. hang out with Cass. Yeah, yeah, he was with Cass <laughs> the whole time. And so Kashkin's getting like, tents and like things <laughs> that are, we're gonna have to carry that are just like kind of suck to move around <laughs> but also you're gonna have to stop at pete's meats that's true well actually the last place on his list after all of this stuff is it's a rather small wooden structure but it's odd because it is a wooden permanent structure in the bazaar like the rest of the area is all like tents mm-hmm. makeshift things but this is like an actual building that has been constructed. And on the top, the sign says, Ezra's Exquisites. <laughs> and inside is like a boutique luxury shop that's just filled with like, you know, the finest comforts. Like even just like weapons or like armor or, you know, potions and items that are rare and exotic and difficult to get, like are here and are protected mm-hmm. by this building. And he goes up to the shopkeep, and he asks for a item that he has pre-ordered. Pre-ordered. Of course, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and the the attendant takes out this... Master Bratmain, please, <laughs> your item. Uh, what, do I, what do I call him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, monsieur, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, monsieur. <laughs> <laughs> and just like this velvet box... Uh, and he opens it. Mango's just like leaning up next to you, just yeah. like, hey, hey, is that a what treat? Is it? Is it food? Is it food for me? What is it? I just imagine Mango like just like poking out his tongue yeah. to like <laughs> tap, like, tap Cass's leg, like, hey, what's that? And inside, resting on the lush velvet, are four eye masks. <laughs> and Kaskrin takes one and puts it like over his own eyes and just like shudders at the comfort (laughs) is immediately just de-stressed as if he had a massage and then takes the other one and like rests it on mango's head and he just like and mango just like turns into a puddle (laughs) and he goes back to the attendant says thank you monsieur these will be perfect of course there will be 700 gold (laughs) yeah he he spends like all of his money on this but these are going to be, uh, in his mind, the guild rewards for when we come back from a journey and a job well done. Are they personalized? They, uh, yes. Do they have, like, initials on them? <laughs> <laughs> just, or, just, like, symbols? Are they yeah, yeah. Like some cool embroidery or something? I was going to say they have, um, I'm imagining that these are, like, black cotton eye masks, and mm. they have, like, a little bit of embroidery along the outside, just that says who they're for and mm-hmm. just has like Valeska in like incredibly detailed cursive script. Cool. Uh, and then same with checkers and cells. It's not for checkers. It's for manga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you all rendezvous back at guild headquarters. You kind of load yourselves up. You, you also know that this probably would not be a journey that would be suitable for like a cart or anything. So you will be taking your own stuff because you're going overland. And you know, it's still early in the day. 
you guys say goodbye to Berga and to Etris and to Hody once more and make your way out of the city. Just on the outside of the walls, you see the Fortunate, along with several other members of the Bones. All watch you approach, and wordlessly, the Fortunate steps towards you all, gives a little nod. And the Fortunate turns around, and all of you start exiting the Red City of Agmar for the longest trip outside of a city or of civilization than maybe you have ever gone on in your life. And that is where we will end this week's episode. Until next time, everybody. Bye. Bye. Any other suggestions? Any oh, the only other thing is I want to record um, and whether or not it goes in this episode or not. Uh, my my cool Zornas, the Halcyon Worm uh, uh, lore. Yes. V- Val just needs to give Sal the book. Which well, he... <laughs> I, not even that. I, just at some point in the near future, Steve, could you mention that you're reading a book? Sure, on the road, <laughs> and that's it. Val will pack this book, but make you like sign in blood that you will take care of it. <laughs> she is not getting her library card revoked because we this book this was book. checked out in her name and we lost it. Look, if we get attacked by another Mothman thing, I cannot guarantee that. The oh, I don't care man... what we get attacked by. So <laughs> yeah, I, that's your problem now. Yeah, right. Exactly. Cass, exactly. Cass goes tumbling off the off the cliff edge, and Selv is like, "I can get." I could grab the book or I could grab yeah. Cass. Or, uh, well, or, the book, grab the book, or it's, it's like fun. Val's like, let me die as long as my good standing yeah. with the yeah. library <laughs> dies with me. Yeah. Right.